Hi guys, this is Lou Blazer. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome. I'm so glad that you found it and I hope that you'll make us a part of your regular routine. If you are a returning listener, thank you, thank you. And you've probably noticed that for the last, oh, I don't know, handful of episodes now, I've begun the show with a plea for a review of the podcast on iTunes. And I'm going to continue that trend today. Reviews and ratings help tremendously in putting this podcast in front of other career professionals who, like you, want to build resilient and thriving careers. I would so appreciate it if you would pinch in. Please leave your feedback and help me reach other people who can benefit from what we cover on the show. If you are not sure how to do it, go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will give you the step by step. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 47 of the Second Breaks Podcast, and it is Tuesday, April 17th, 2018, as I record this episode. My guest today is Peivi Erola, and yes, she is Finnish, as in from Finland. I had such a ball with my conversation with her for all kinds of reasons, but one of them is because I just loved her accent, and I think you will too. Pavy shares her career journey with us today, and hers is that lovely story of a series of career moves, continuing to expand her skill set, and then finally making a career change, a homecoming of sorts as she returns to her first love. You'll hear how she applied all her experiences and skills as she navigated a career change from an established IT career to a career in art and arts education, and what helped her the most during those transitions, and a breakthrough lesson she learned about herself in the process. And I always ask my guests for a book recommendation. And let me tell you, I've never before heard the answer that she gave me. So that alone is worth listening all the way to the end. You're listening to the Second Breaks podcast, a weekly show that explores all the ways that we can make a move and thrive in today's fast-changing world. This podcast is brought to you by Second Breaks, a career education company that helps professionals build resilient careers and be all set for the future of work. Visit secondbreaks.com to learn more about how we can support your goals. The show notes for today's episode can be found at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 47. You'll also find there the link to a free webinar that I'm hosting on Tuesday, April 24th, titled How to Build a Resilient Career in Rapidly Changing Times. Very timely, right? So you don't want to miss that. And even if you can't make it live, if you register, you'll get the recording. So again, that's April 24th, How to Build a Resilient Career in Rapidly Changing Times. You can find the link on the show notes, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 47. Okay, so let's get on with the show. When I was a child, I was living in eastern Finland, near the Russian border. 
And the life in the 70s, that was uh, very quiet there. I was living in a very, very small town. And because there weren't so many activities, I developed this rich inner world. And I was painting and drawing daily and uh, it really gave meaning to me. And uh, But then, uh, you know, when I was about 15 in the 80s, I saw a computer for the first time. And <laughs> I think that changed my life. You know, sometimes when you see something that really resonates with you, it's it's like your heart starts beating. And and so I saw this computer, which was a really simple machine back then. And I wanted to take those classes that our local school offered. At that time, I was also painting a lot and and reading about artists and and developing this dream to become an artist. But then I started to think about the future and I thought that these computers are the future thing. And because I lived in... uh, we weren't very poor, but we weren't very rich either. We lived very modestly, our family. And I thought that uh, I don't want to... I, d- I had doubts if I could make a living as an artist. And I saw these computers coming and and I have always been eager to learn new skills and it felt like it, it's the right decision to go. And when I realized that... Most of the boys at our class were really excited about computers. And I saw this field or field with men. I thought that, uh, well, the salary will be high because men men are going to that field. <laughs> so back then I, I made the decision that I'm not going to be a poor artist, but I'm going to go after a career in IT field. Uh, I'm going to study uh, computers. Zach began Pavey's career in IT. She went to school and as she mentioned there, she graduated with a master's degree in computer engineering. Her early professional years were spent teaching other IT professionals. And after a few years, she moved to programming to gain real practice and dove deep into developing IT solutions. Continuing to acquire new skills and broadening her experience, she then repositioned herself as a project manager, taking charge of large-scale IT projects and integrations, and then later selling enterprise-level IT solutions. And as if all that wasn't enough, she also went back to school to acquire a bachelor's degree in industrial design. You know, when I was a child, living there in a, in a small town, I heard about this title, job title called industrial designer. And I asked my parents what that was and they didn't know. I didn't know. But for some reason, it really, really uh, called me. And uh, then then when I thought, what, what could I study? I remembered that childhood dream, that industrial designer and that all, all those artist dreams so I applied to study industrial design and I found a program for for those who uh, have already engineering studies uh, where they trained us to stop being an in, stop being engineers and start uh, being designers. I managed to get in and uh, 
I thought that this is this is enough for me that uh, that I could find this design approach, and I went back to IT field and started working as a service designer and working with the big system. For many years, Pavey didn't create any art, but at some point in her busy IT career, she longed to do something else, something creative. I wasn't so conscious of it back then, but but now when I look back, I think one reason why I wanted to have a degree in design was that I wanted to learn how to, I wanted to learn to draw. And after I had graduated as a designer, I realized that, no, I still can't draw, even if I have the the degree and even if it included uh, uh, studies, drawing studies and such. Then I thought that maybe I just start drawing circles and I just start developing that skill. And I st- also started blogging and uh, and uh, I got a lot of followers. What were you blogging about? I was drawing and I was publishing my drawings and I, I wasn't so fluent in English, but I wrote in English and people started following how I, how I drew these circles again and again and again. And, and then they transformed to something else. And I, I slowly started to find a method behind that. And I slowly started to become more conscious what it means to know how to draw. Because I actually knew how to draw if you think about uh, the basic stuff, uh, that you draw a dog and does it look like a dog and such. But I realized that to me, the ability to draw meant a lot more. I had defined it so that I needed to know how to express myself and how to express my imagination and use that drawing as a method to connect with my imagination. And that traditional approach to drawing didn't work, or or it did uh, at uh, to some level, but my desire went to so much deeper. It it meant that I wanted to connect my inner world with with the pen, and uh, nobody actually thought thought that. So I was started because I was an engineer. I started building a method of how to draw so that it's not so representational and uh, where you can connect your thoughts and your values and your dreams and and your imagination uh with 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 the drawing so when you started doing that when you started getting into more and more drawing were you just saying well i like this i'm interested in this and so this is a great you know creative hobby or were you actually beginning to think i i want to make a career out of this eventually uh, you know, uh, nerds and and people in IT business—they are all for startups. And you know, this—it's still—it's still like this, and it was back then. So my husband and I—we we both followed these these startup gurus and such. And and they gave this advice that you have to have an email list. You have to have that. And and. 
I had just started a blog and I hated the idea of spamming people. But because they said that you just have to have it, I thought that maybe this is the one thing where I'm not too independent and I just follow this advice. I didn't think nobody would come, would join. <laughs> and uh, and uh, first I, I just sent a few newsletters in, in a year. But uh, then uh, uh, people started joining. And uh, when my list grew, I started thinking that maybe I could do something with it. So, yeah, that was the beginning that I, I really had the list. Uh, if I hadn't had that, I probably wouldn't be so so conscious of, of the, the analytics and the visitor, the, the amount of visitors or such. But because of the list, I started thinking about maybe, maybe I could do something with it. So when you started your IT career, you first started as a teacher or teaching IT. So did you also think that about art, like teaching art as opposed to doing art and selling the artwork? Yeah, you know, I think that when you change careers, you, you have to change your identity. And it's a really long process. And I had already done that few times when I, ha I was a teacher, then a programmer, then a project manager, then a salesperson, then a designer. I knew that it, it's, it's a big thing. It doesn't happen in, in just in a month or so. It usually takes at least a year, usually more. So I already had this teacher's identity. So I thought that if I that when I had developed this method for drawing and I continued developing it, teaching others uh, who have had have had the same agony could be the solution for me. And because uh, I already had developed a routine for regular blogging, it 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 felt like, uh, and I have always been a content creator. Uh, I thought that I could use my product development skills uh, to create self-study products that teach people how to draw from imagination. Was it live, like in-person workshops type stuff or online? Now, you know, uh, my native uh, language is, is Finnish and, uh, and I... Uh, I ha had used that a lot so I could write I quite fluently but it's a totally different thing to to express everything live and with words and uh, understand what other people say and it's 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 a lot a lot harder so I thought that uh, I'm going just to just publish self-study products And uh, I'm just going to generate some passive income, you know, this passive income thing. I thought that I won't, I won't be connecting with people at all. So um, when I started, when I left my day job, my list had something like 700 people. That's not much if I think about it now, but back then it felt like quite a lot. And I had been blogging for, for over five years already. And so I had some, some kind of audience. 
And when I started uh, writing these products uh, and getting more, uh, getting to know more about this business world, uh, I slowly realized that um, working with people is is quite essential to be able to sell your work. And uh, I think that that slowly dawned on me and it's it's quite surprising when I think about it now because uh, in design I was actually specialized in user-centric design and user experience but when I was designing my own business I didn't include the customers in a way that I should have uh, based based on the knowledge that I had, so sometimes uh, we have blind spots, you know. But when I got more about the business, I realized that uh, I have to open up. I have to I have to show my face, and I have to start talking to people, no matter how badly I can speak in English. Uh, I just have to come up and I have to I have to reach for people. I I once heard that somebody said that you have to stand behind what you offer. And I thought that of course I stand behind what I offer. Of course I I I acknowledge that. But but later I realized that if I don't if I don't step up, if I don't show my face, if I don't talk about um, some of my personal stuff, I don't actually stand behind what I offer. So today, I think you do both teaching and also uh, offering your artwork now, right? Both. At the moment, I I do a lot of stuff. I. I teach I teach online workshops and uh, then I also have self-study products, quite a lot of self-study products. And uh, then I also have an artist community and then I also sell my art and I also uh, license now and then my my pieces. So so it's it's quite spread out but um I think my audience is quite uh, uniform. Are you uh, mainly teaching new artists or aspiring artists or more advanced artists? Uh, I'm teaching almost all levels. So I'm teaching uh, uh, people who have just started and then also people who have already sold their work, but they want to change something in their art. And uh, I think that word change has always meant a lot to me, that I've always been, in, in IT career, I was changing uh, the way the companies uh, operated and such, and now I'm doing that in a more more personal level. And especially, my I'm, I'm specialised in in uh, bringing up the expression and imagination. And um, some people might have excellent skill in, in representational work, but when they want to move on uh, to more abstract stuff and such, they need some help. And then on the other hand, there are people who create quick abstracts and then realize that they need more technical skills 
to really communicate what they want, I also help those. Although PayEV did have a stint selling IT solutions in the past, I asked PayEV about her experience selling art and specifically selling her own creative work. Yeah, that has helped a lot. But still, selling art is much, much more personal than selling selling an IT solution. How did you manage that, baby? How did you... And what was your experience? Was it, you know, easier or harder than you anticipated or... I think it's still hard, and I, I, I actually haven't met any artist who doesn't think it's, it's, uh, it's easy in a way that you are p- selling a part of yourself, and all the acceptance and all the denials that are related to that, they, they are much harder to deal with than... Uh, but then if you're selling any any other things so so i think it's something that um that belongs to this uh, this profession like every profession has has their own own ups and downs i think that's that's one of the things that uh, art is always personal and it's really difficult not to take it personally because it's also part of of the identity to bring it all in so i have this mind game that i'm playing which helps me a lot i have three persons i have one person who is a consumer and when i'm consumer i don't think about uh what my business brings uh the money that my business brings what i should do uh, I'm just a superficial, playful consumer. And then I have this investor role, which is also a role that I had to de- develop when when I um, uh, left my day job. I, I realized that my relationship to money was very old-fashioned and that I need to realize that I have to start investing money and I have to have to think about money uh, in a different way. So when I'm an investor, I think about long, long-term goals and I, I think about percentage and, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I'm the, the director of my business, the manager of my business, uh, then, uh, then I think about how to, how to grow my business. And I think that to be able to separate uh, when I'm selling my work, to be able to separate the consumer part and investor part helps a lot that I can focus more on on selling, that I don't think so much about uh, about money in, in the same way that consumer thinks about that and the same same with the with the product or with the painting. I, do, I can't draw to save my life, but I there's a writer in me. So I think that's the part of me that connects with a lot of what you're saying, especially when you're talking about how there's a personal expression in everything that we create. So um, that is harder when you're sharing it. So like when I write, especially the fiction attempts that I make, it's so hard to share it with people because it's like, uh, you know, these are my imaginations that they're going yeah. to read. Yeah, right? you're letting people enter your inner world 
uh, and which is which is built to protect you and to encourage you, and then you let the outsiders in, and it's 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 not easy. But um, but you know, there's there's a Finnish song that is called Potent potentiali which means potential and uh, it says that somewhere in your mind you have a, a, a garden in your desert and uh, everything is possible there and also nothing is certain there and I think that's the place where you go when you're expressing your emotions, when you're writing that fiction, when you're drawing all those images, nothing is certain, but everything is possible. And I think that's that's uh, uh, both heaven and hell in a, in a way. And when you let your when you let other people in 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 into your inner world, it's it's a big thing. I think. So what helped you in all those trans- transitions um, that you've made? Uh, looking back now, Pavy, what helped you the most? W- one thing was that, uh, because I have always been a producer, uh, that uh, that had helped me a lot, because I didn't spend a lot of time procrastinating with my first products or such. I, I, I started writing and recording and, and uh, I didn't have any problem with that. I knew how products are developed and how I, I should do that. that. That helped a lot. So my previous experience. And then, of course, I, if I had to say one thing, I think it's the audience. Because I think that for many, many people, when they dream about being an entrepreneur, uh, they rarely start with the audience. I think that's the best way to start. Because, you know, if I hadn't blocked, I hadn't realized how many people there are who want to draw, who want to draw from their imagination, who are not uh, satisfied with their current state (laughs) of expression and and also, I got feedback all the time. So when I drew something uh, and I got no comments at all or wrote something and got no comments at all, I tried a different approach next time. And then if I got like 30 comments, then I realized this is where I should go. So when I, that had continued for some years, I I actually naturally grown the direction where my people are. And when you're beginning, you don't actually know where your people are. You don't know that. Uh, You can guess and you can imagine all kind of stuff. But uh, actually, people are so much more than just uh, demographics or stuff. You 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 learn when you learn to know your people. You you learn a lot about um, in a much deeper characteristics than uh, what age group they belong or or such. And uh, I think that during those years when I was blogging and and collecting those email addresses, those years gave gave me the direction. And you know when I started, I. I was actually still knitting and sewing and I was selling these small drawstring bags and all who bought that bag, I had a small Etsy shop. They, were, they weren't Finnish people. 
they were from the USA the most. And that gave me idea that maybe my audience is in the USA and Canada, Australia and Europe, where people seem to buy my bags. So you can start from one thing and then just be open where it leads you. Yeah, how fantastic. That is so true. So what's maybe one thing that you discovered about yourself as you made these transitions, and especially the last one where you finally left your day job and became a full-time entrepreneur? What's one thing that you learned about yourself that maybe surprised you that you didn't know about yourself or something that you've confirmed that I am this person? The biggest thing has been to learn leadership skills that I didn't, I didn't actually realize that I lacked leadership skills because I had been managing big, big projects with all kind of complex integrations and such. But uh, leading a creative uh, personality is, is, is totally different than trying to manage all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that finding a leader inside me has been one of the biggest things. And that has also made a big difference to my life in general. And uh, uh, it's, I don't, I don't think it's, it's like um, a unique thing. I think we all have this potential of being a leader and leading ourselves and leading others. But I think that's the biggest gift that I have got through this transition, that I've, I've, I'm more connected with that leadership part. In the same song that I was talking about, they, it says that, that when you think that you're the victim and the world is wrong, it's time to move on to another level and time start digging deeper into your potential and bring all that uh, from there. So actually, it was really surprising to notice that all the things, all, all kind of behavior models that I had and that we had in the, in the companies where I worked. Uh, when I started working as a self-entrepreneur, I realized that I have to do the exact opposite, that I have to bring up those personality features, those characteristics that uh, people actually didn't like in my previous jobs, because they're actually the things that people f uh, feel most fascinated about me in my current job. And I found that really relieving. And that really helped me dealing with the stress that came up when I had to start to open up and let people in into my inner world, that I was able, able to do that without um, building some kind of show person or such, just bring my natural dramatic self uh, up. But I didn't quite realize that uh, because um, in the companies and organizations where I worked, it was, it was really important uh, to uh, act in a totally different yes. way. What was that? Something along the lines of there is a book about that. I'm, try I'm trying to remember. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. But they're saying that in a corporate, corporate life, usually they 
they don't want us to have edges. They want us to have rounded people. And so you can't have your edges. And in fact, when you step out of that world and to your point that you need to show those edges because that's what's going to make you different from everybody else. And often it's also what other people think uh, themselves. So when you when you when you're writing or when you when you're talking about uh, about those things, uh, there are lots of people who say that I'm thinking exactly the same way. I just don't have the courage to say that, and that's when you start building relationships really easily and naturally. What's maybe one book, fiction or nonfiction, that has made an impact on you that uh, you might uh, recommend? But hopefully, it's not in Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an English book, but it has been translated to Finnish. But uh, there's a trick here now. I give you a method more than a specific book. Uh, uh, Find, rediscover a book that inspired you when you were a child and find that book and see what inspires you now and what inspires inspired you back then. Because, you know, uh, the imagination part, that's very, very strongly connected to our futuristic visions. That's... Uh, that's so strong when we are children. So when I was a child, I borrowed the same book from the library again and again. And it was Dougal Dixon's book uh, called Afterman, a zoology of the future. And it showed how the world is after the man has disappeared from the earth. And uh, it shows all the animals and such. And it's written by a biologist but it paints a picture about about future, about something really imaginative. And I adored that book. And I've been thinking about that a lot. What is important there? What was important there? And why do I still find that book so inspiring? And that has been a foundation for my art too. And it's that when we have the knowledge and when we have the intuition, when we have the analytical part, we can use imagination to build new worlds from that. We can really use imagination to see the future, even if we are really analytical and knowledge-based persons. And I think that's so brilliant in that book that he didn't just settle down being a biologist. He built a new world using all that knowledge combined with the intuition. And it's a very scientific book, but it still shows something that we don't, we, we don't know. And I think that's the essence of art in general that you show what can be and where we can develop. And uh, that doesn't require you to be, be a, a specific artist or such. That I think that in that way, we all should be artists, that we all should have this connection to our imagination and we should all use that imagination to 
predict and vision our future. To see Paivi's artwork, visit her website, paivirola.com. Or if you want to learn about art or bring out that artist in you, visit her other website, peonyandparakeet.com. And you can find the links to both of our websites in our show notes, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 47. And uh, while you're there, remember to register for the webinar next week, April 24th, on how to build your resilient career in rapidly changing times. If you register, you will be able to see the recording. Okie dokes. That concludes this week's episode. I hope you found it useful. There is a healthy backlist of episodes now. You can find them and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. I will be back next week with a new guest who will share his career journey so you can feel inspired, get motivated to think about, to plan, to imagine your next career move. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 